If you're listening, uh, let's talk about something for a minute that might be a little a well, tad. What if sensitive. you're not listening? That's a good question. I don't yeah, know. Okay. I, don't I know just how I thought I'd throw that in. That. I just want to. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> okay. If if I'm if you're hearing me telepathically. <laughs> Uh, let's talk a little bit about your hair loss. Uh, it's a common thing for people to be sensitive about, and uh, I've actually got some, uh, I think, some great news for you. If you've if you've never tried to do anything about your hair loss, Keeps has got you covered. Uh, it's pretty ingenious what they do at Keeps. Uh, they offer doctor-recommended, clinically proven, research-backed treatments to stop hair loss and improve hair growth. Keeps physicians will keep you uh, in keep your hair uh, help you keep your hair. Uh, in your head, and that's what you want to do. You don't want to do. You want to uh, falling out. You don't want any of that going on. You want to be able to stop it. And you can go to Keeps, and they make it really easy to get a few pictures of your hair, and they will deliver the uh, the treatment straight to you uh, at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. It doesn't get easier than that. So, check it out. Uh, you get to talk with your doctor whenever you want. You get a full year of unlimited messaging with Keeps. You get quality expert care without visiting a doctor's office or a pharmacy. Keeps has got you covered. Go to keeps.com slash save. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. Get 50% off your first order. Go to keeps.com slash save. Radio show with Glenn Beck in the studio. Starts in like five seconds. And welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today, we are going to give you some good news. First of all, looks like the head of Pfizer now has come out and said, this spring, it's all over. It looks like we are wrapping this up. He said all of the uh, the shutdowns and the, the different rules and regulations that we have been dealing with since the beginning of this, he said, is about to be over possibly this spring i feel it i think that's exactly what's coming it's exactly what we expected and hoped for we have good news on several fronts that being one but also on the great reset this is starting to enter the zeitgeist and people are pushing back i'm going to give you two states that this week have begun pushing back on the great reset in 60 seconds Mary wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I've, I've been taking Relief Factor since September of 21. She said, I had my doubts, but to say that it really helped me overall uh, is an understatement. She said, I would definitely recommend this. You don't know if it'll help unless you try it. So please get the three-week quick start trial. That That's Mary, who was skeptical when she started taking it. 
If you're dealing with pain, please give Relief Factor a try. It's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and its four key ingredients work with your body to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. So try the three-week quick start. $19.95. It's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered, and 70% of them go on to order month after month. Why? Because it works for about 70% of the people. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Or ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. So I have really good news. Uh, first of all, my voice has never sounded better. <coughs> Holy cow. Silky smooth right now. Apologize mm-hmm. for this. Um, but uh, I have really good news on two fronts on the Great Reset. And this is significant. Actually, I think three. Um, lawmakers in New Hampshire run entirely now by the Republicans. They are trying to stop the Great Reset by making it impossible for banks and credit unions in the state to use ESG scores or other metrics to control behavior. Now, listen to this bill. All bank and other financial institutions doing business in the state of New Hampshire, either directly or through the use of an outside contractor, shall not discriminate against nor advocate for or cause adverse treatment of any citizen or business in their business practices based on subjective or arbitrary standards such as social media posts, participation or membership in any clubs, association or unions, political affiliation, employer, or other social credit, environmental, social, and governance, or similar values based uh, uh, or impact criteria. No provision of this law shall interfere with the bank's or other financial institutions ability to discontinue or uh, refuse conduct business uh, with an individual account holder or potential customer when such action is necessary for the physical safety of its employees. Banks that will fail to comply will be fined $50,000 for the first offense, $250,000 for all subsequent offenses. Once a bank credit union reaches five or more offenses, criminal prosecution may include, along with any fines assessed. This is the way to stop it. New Hampshire is leading the way on this. If you are not in, if, A, if you're in New Hampshire, go and do everything you can to work for the people who are trying to pass this bill. Um, the state lawmakers are doing it. This is going to be done city by city and state by state. It is the only way to stop it. The only way. Um, so that's good news on New Hampshire. Now let me give you some more good news. Uh, yesterday, it came out that the state of West Virginia's treasurer uh, has has uh, taken a stance against BlackRock. Listen to the uh, the press release here. Uh, BlackRock has urged companies to embrace net zero investment strategies that would harm the coal, oil and natural gas industries while increasing investments in Chinese companies that subvert national interest and damage West Virginia's manufacturing base and job market. 
Um, last month, educational nonprofit Consumers Research sent a letter to 10 different governors, including the governor of West Virginia, whose state pension funds are most invested with BlackRock. They warned about the money management firm's heavy investments in China. The, the um, uh, memo continues, BlackRock's funneling of billions of U.S. capital into China carries with it risks not present in other markets, risks that threaten the large wagers the company is putting on steep returns from the Middle Kingdom. Chinese firms are not held to the same transparency standards as their Western counterparts, so foreign investors are often hard-pressed to appreciate the true risk profile of what they're investing in. So this is what, this is what West Virginia is now doing. They're taking all of the state pensions and all of their funds out of BlackRock. BlackRock spokesman said, hey, you know, we realize our stakeholders have differing views on China uh, and we take those concerns very, very seriously. But uh, we're going to seek to balance the concerns of our stakeholders with our role as a global global investor and fiduciary working for our clients as we navigate these very trickle, tricky global waters. Oh, that's nice of them. Here's the thing. They're the largest money manager in the world. You, if you have something in your 401k, you should call and find out if you're in BlackRock. There's a very good chance you're in BlackRock. Um, they are the, the largest now. They dwarf Goldman Sachs. Dwarf Goldman Sachs. Uh, and they are deeply in bed with China, deeply in bed with China. They are also the ones that New Hampshire is having to pass this law against. They're the ones who are really behind ESG. They're the ones who have taken this and run the furthest with it. Now, one other piece of good news, and that is American Express. American Express has done all kinds of things uh, recently um that i really don't understand um they um they had an anti-racism initiative that was going on in american express and they brought people in um including i believe uh yeah um the the uh, descendant of elijah muhammad um it's Camille Mohammed, the Nation of Islam founder. Uh, and he was brought in to tell the employees of American Express credit cards that capitalism is rooted in racism. Uh, they also were told, the employees of American Express, told they have to rate their privilege based on skin surface characteristics. And then if members of a subordinate group are present in a room, they must defer to them before one speaks. So in other words, if a black female is present, the white folks need to stay silent until the black female speaks. And then you can speak. Now, here's the good news on this. Uh, apparently, some shareholders have a problem with this. And they are demanding uh, an audit of all of this race-based training. American Express is pushing back saying, no, no, this is private stuff. Excuse me, you're a public publicly traded company. And are you not proud of all of the wonderful social justice things you're doing, American Express? What is it that you're hiding? 
they're actually going to court and they're and they are um, pushing to have all of this stuff sealed so it doesn't come out uh, to the shareholders. Um, shareholders, if you're a shareholder of American Express, you're a credit card holder of American Express. You might want to call them today. Say, uh, what are you guys hiding from? I thought you were really proud of all your social justice stuff. What are you hiding? Why, are, why won't you release this information? You're a publicly traded company. So three pieces of really good news, I think. You have BlackRock uh, under attack in West Virginia. You have the Great Reset actually under attack uh, in New Hampshire. And you have people waking up uh, at the shareholder meetings for companies like American Express. American Express is going to play a huge role in all of these. All of these financial institutions, they are the ones that are going to bring this about. It's going to be the banks, the central banks, the world's treasuries, uh, the governments, any anybody who is giving you any kind of financial assistance or insurance, things like that. So this is really, really good news. Should I go into Yunkin too? Because I think that's really good news. Um, I mean, it's Tuesday. We try to give you good news on Tuesday. Uh, Glenn Yunkin, uh, been inaugurated, obviously. Day one, he has dropped nine executive actions, nine executive orders, two executive direct, uh, directives. Um, he has banned CRT in all public schools. He has fired the entire parole board. He has ended masking forced in schools. He's removed the regulations. He said no executive employee branch uh, employee has to vaccinate as a condition for their employment and much, much more. Now, I was worried about Glenn Youngkin. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of a milk toasty middle of the road guy in reputation. Uh, but this is a very, very good uh, start. So he's banned CRT and any other divisive concepts in public schools, returning decision-making power to parents regarding wearing masks in school, fired everyone on the parole board from the order. He says the OSIG investigation revealed some of the inmates released by the Virginia patrol board have been recently denied parole or otherwise deemed ineligible for parole, raising questions about the lawfulness of the abrupt reversal of these decisions. You know, I think it's also about time that America uh, takes on George Soros. You know, he has he is banned in a few countries. He's not allowed. He's not welcome in a few countries because he has collapsed their economy. He has worked diligently to overthrow uh, their governments. And I'm not talking about dictatorships either. Um, he's the guy who collapsed Sterling. Um, the uh, the British pound years and years ago. He is a subversive. His money, no matter what people say about him, he is not just a kind old grandpa. He is a subversive revolutionary in his own words. And he is responsible for almost all of the DAs that have been releasing people on the streets. And nobody wants to talk about it because 
George Soros is a no-go zone. If you're in the media, you don't talk about him. You know, it's amazing, too, is that one of the big accusations right now about this with the voting rights thing going on is that the evil Republicans are placing in positions of power uh, various uh, various levels of the election apparatus people who are more friendly to Republican views about, you know, voter fraud and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, the SOS project was just was that. exactly this idea mm-hmm. put in place by George Soros. But Millions it's okay of if George it's Soros It's okay does. if he does it. Yeah. In fact, when you mentioned it back in the day, you were accused of all sorts of things, mm-hmm. including anti-Semitism. Which is really weird. That's really weird. <laughs> The, Very bizarre. The winner of the Defender of Israel Award is an anti-Semite. Is, is a hell of a headline. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll tell you I that. Mean, you know, <laughs> Hitler got a lot <laughs> yeah, of love from <laughs> the Jewish community. Oh, yeah. That's a lot true. of love. I, I, they were like, yes, he's gassing our people. But but here's an award. Here's an award. Yeah, no, it didn't happen all that often, <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> I remember right. Right. But it is an interesting uh, thing that they, you've, you've mentioned this before. There's a bit of projection that goes on here. These are projects that they are already involved in, and that's why they're so on guard for any conservatives who might try to do something similar. They've been trying to manipulate the election process forever. Forever. They have entire projects and, and foundations set up to do this, mm-hmm. and they've been doing it all around the country, and then they're doing the same thing. It's the same exact idea with the DAs. Don't try to get people to vote in laws that we want. Just go around it. We'll get we'll get these DAs who will just implement what we want through these positions of power. Just attack the system using the system. It's exactly what happens in the Great Reset, and Soros has been doing it for a very long time. Uh, I think some really good things are happening, and I, I can't thank you enough for reading the book, The Great Reset. If you haven't gotten it yet, please order it now. Um, you can find it in some bookstores still available, but order you can order it at uh, glensnewbook.com. Glenn's New Book. It's going to be probably the by far the number one seller uh, on the New York Times list, and then it will go to zero because there are no copies uh, available. But d- due to the printing and all of the the supply chain problems. It's very important that you order it now, um, because if if the, we don't print enough in the second printing, then it's going to be another two months. So please get the copy of the book now. Go to glensnewbook.com. But it is, I think it's already making an impact, uh, and it is, it is not hard to beat these guys. It's going to feel like it. But if we are informed and logical, the road to uh, their serfdom is not that difficult. Not that difficult. Glensnewbook.com. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking to buy or sell your home, you need somebody who's really an expert. You need somebody who knows your area or knows the area of where you're moving into and listens to you. I don't know if you've ever had those real estate agents where you're like, no, they're just not, mm -mm, they're not listening. That's not what we're looking for. And at this point, it is really important. You want to be in the right area. You want to be in the right neighborhood. You want the right schools. uh, And you need a real estate agent that really listens and understands you no matter who you are. 
realestateagentsitrust.com. These are the people who we feel are the best in your area or the area you're moving to. So whether you're moving across the street or across the world, we can help you. realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you. Find the right person. realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. By the way, there's a couple of things. Uh, the National Security Council, the head of the um, uh, Pacific Affairs uh, Department of the National Security Council, has just updated his, uh, his ethics disclosures. Um, he did it. Um, well, I'll tell you when he did it here. So, but he, he just he just wanted everybody to know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I gave a couple of speeches to, to Blackstone uh, in 2020 and uh, i didn't call, i didn't claim them i guess i should have it's a hundred thousand dollars but i just wanted to I'll, let you who's going to remember to claim every one hundred thousand dollars speech you make amen brother. you know so he just amended that but what's weird is he amended it the week that uh his wife had to submit her financial disclosures uh his wife is lael brainerd she submitted her own disclosure uh, because she's uh, been nominated to serve as the vice chair of the Federal Reserve. Hmm. So hubby's making money. He's on the National Security Council. Um, and then she's also there. And if you remember, uh, well, maybe you don't because we all kind of went on vacation. She was the one who during testimony, they asked her 22 times. Are you a socialist or a capitalist? And she refused to answer. Uh, and she's like, I just think controlled markets. Well, that doesn't answer the question. Are you a socialist or are you a capitalist? And they asked all the other people that were there in the meeting, are you a capitalist or a socialist? I'm a capitalist, sir. I'm a capitalist. I'm a cap And you? I, I just don't think of it that way. Well, the rest of the world does. So just uh, humor us. Which one are you? Um. This this one uh, should not pass in Congress. Um, it's uh, Blackstone uh, and the husband. They're known as China whisperers. And I don't think we just need any more Chinese or Marxist influence in uh, the Federal Reserve. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But I'm hoping the Senate does their job. All right. Back in just a second with even more good news. Stand by. So I don't know if you have the same response I do when somebody says, hey, you should have a protein bar or something that's healthy for you. I'm like, ah, man, I'm all booked up. I'm stepping in a bear trap later today. Uh, so I just can't do that. No two ways about it. Uh, protein bars taste like garbage. Um, really, any self-respecting snack expert such as yours truly um, does his very best to avoid them. Even if you have to step into a bear trap and, and chew off your own leg, it's better than some of those protein bars. 
of course, that is before I found Built Bars. They not only get a pass, they are an amazing, great snack. I love them. By the way, I've lost about 12 pounds, uh, and Built Bar has helped me do that. Thank you very much, Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bars yet, you're missing out 100% real chocolate. They taste like a candy bar. They're also high in protein and fiber uh, and uh, low in fat and carbs. Usually it's the fat that makes things taste good. I don't know what kind of witchcraft is in a Built Bar, but it ain't the fat that makes them taste good. Uh, Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Save 15% off now. Built.com. If you want to know the whole story about what we've been talking about this hour, it's The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. Get it at glensnewbook.com. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Glenn Beck program. The book, The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of the 21st Century Fascism uh, has been an incredible uh, just on an incredible tear right now. You can get the digital copy, you know, a Kindle copy or Amazon. Uh, just go to, you know, glensnewbook.com. It'll take you right to the webpage where you can buy the digital copy of it. I urge you to read it. I urge you so strongly to read it. This is the fight that we are going to be up against. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be doing a special on this, a full I think it's an hour commercial free special just on the Great Reset with the chalkboard uh, and how to understand it and how to fight against it. Uh, There are some really good things that are happening right now, but the global system has been weaponized against you. Banks, corporations, government, some of the most powerful institutions controlling money are all on the board. Uh, And yesterday they opened up in Davos. And they had the Great Reset uh, conference that is going on this week in Davos. Everything you need to know, they're saying it. It's, it's incredible. By the way, do you know who the opening speaker was? Xi Jinping, the president of China. Now, why would you have him at the Great Reset? Because China is the model. China is the way the world these people want it to work uh then anthony fauci so you had the guy who hey from a laboratory near you here's the guy who's in charge of the country and the laboratories uh and here's the guy supposedly fighting for you the little guy anthony fauci now listen to what he says he's he's there to talk about covid because the great reset has been very much about COVID. Um, But he's talking about COVID, but listen to what he focuses on. This is yesterday at the Davos conference with Anthony Fauci. One of the things that, that we, I believe the entire world is facing, but we certainly are facing it in a very, very disconcerting way in the United States is the amount of disinformation that is accompanying what should be a problem where everyone pulls together against the common enemy, which is the virus. We have disinformation that is entirely destructive to a comprehensive public health endeavor. And I'm not sure how we're going to uh, counter that, except 
by getting out as much correct information as we possibly can and use the social media in a positive way as opposed to in the somewhat destructive way that it is being used right now. So in other words, we need to ban people who disagree with us. That's what he's saying, and that's what they're planning on doing. Uh, I just started reading a book by Klaus Schwab. He is the he's the guy who is in is the head of the World Economic Forum. He is the real architect, if you will, behind uh, the Great Reset. He wrote a book called The Great Reset, where it's just written really for the Davos crowd. Um, and he explains it. It's it's very flowery and wonderful and positive. He wrote a book right before covid uh, that was also for Davos. And that one is uh, called Industrial Revolution 4, I think. And this goes to something I've been talking about for 25 or 30 years. There's going to come a time where technology just takes over everything and everything in your life is going to change. And I've been talking about this for quite some time. This book explains why the Great Reset, he believes, is necessary. But it reads like a brave new world. It is terrifying. Uh, it's the end of individualism. Uh, it is the end of those people who just will not go along. He talks, about, uh, he talks about how everything has to be transformed, including humans and humankind itself. He talks about gene splicing and all kinds of different really truly in 1930s kind of stuff and you're either going to go along as george soros said to one of my guys one point you either are on the boat or you're not and in this book he talks about there are going to be people who will not be into transhumanism they will not be into an interface with the internet they will not want to make these technological or banking or capitalist uh, changes towards a more of a Chinese society. And he said, those people will be destructive and in the way, and we'll have to learn how to deal with them. It is truly terrifying, truly terrifying that major corporations are, are falling in with these people and major banks are already knee deep the IMF has a trillion dollars of investment in the Great Reset. Trillion. That's a remarkable number. Is this just a, a the motivation here? Is this just personal enrichment, um, centralizing of power, or is it something where they have some bizarre justification that this is good for society and this will make a oh, difference? Oh, I think it's a combination of all of them. I think there are those people who are those utopians. I mean, the same, really, honestly, Stu, it is the same early 20th century progressive that thought better living through science. Mm. And we can breed the stupidity out of people. Right. You know what I mean? And we're superior. So let's let's make sure that person doesn't breed again. It's that kind of arrogance coupled with the actual scientific know-how now okay we couldn't do those things when we were in genetics the germans were trying all kinds of stuff they couldn't do it he pretty much talks about superhumans in this um and being able to 
um, gene splice and create better people and then to have transhumanism bring technology as part of the human body. Uh, that way we can interface. I mean, it, it is truly a frightening uh, view. I'm not sure his motivation. I, I take it at surface and say he really thinks that this is going to make the world better. I think there are people like at BlackRock that are the investment people. They know exactly what they're doing. They're just enriching themselves uh, and taking money. I mean, there are those who actually believe these things and are really twisted. And then there are those who are just doing it for the money. I think it's the same thing as as fascism always is. You know, was Mao a true believer of communism or was he just a psycho? I don't know. And certainly surrounding him was a mixture. A mixture. Yeah. I a mean, mixture. Was certainly the case in Germany and, and Italy and, all, you know, many places in history where you have the hardcore believers and you have the people who are seeing where the, the, where the wind is blowing. Right. And looking to take advantage of that. You have people, and this is what's really, truly frightening because I haven't found a way to connect people to this thought and you know me i've been telling you this since 1995 since age of spiritual machines um we are headed towards real ethical questions um on on human on humanity itself and how do we how do we um use our money and our resources and how do we get paid and what does work mean to us where do we get our value in life all of these things he mentions all of that in in his book uh and it's the it is a real concern so his and those who believe in the great reset their uh viewpoint is the world is going to go into chaos because people are stupid and people won't do what they have to do and they we were not going to be able to get them so it'll be a world revolution and so what we have to do is control everything right now and just take away all of those options from people. That's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> yes. And, you know, it, it, <laughs> again, yesterday I talked to you about humanity. Let me play the the uh, NBA Warriors. Um, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah Golden State Warriors um, uh, a co-owner. Listen to what he felt comfortable saying yesterday about china and the uyghurs must be nobody cares about what's happening to the uyghurs okay you you bring it up because you really what? care and i think what that's do you mean nice that cares? you care the rest of us don't care i'm just well, telling you a very care? hard Wait, i'm you're telling saying you, you personally very, don't care i'm telling you a very hard ugly truth okay of all the things that i care about yes it is below my line okay oh, of all the things that i care about it is below my line. Disappointing. I care about the fact yeah. that our economy could turn on a dime if china invades taiwan i care about that I care about climate change. You know, I care about a bunch of, I care about America's crippling and, you know, decrepit in healthcare infrastructure. But if you're asking me, that, do I care about a segment of a class of people in another country? Not until we can take care of ourselves will I prioritize them over us. Holy cow. And who says you have to prioritize them over us? Isn't that part of the human experience? That you, that all life is important to you? What's, what's terrifying about this and also at the same time, good. What's terrifying about this is here's this guy. Who, he's he's big, um, very important investor, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, 
he feels so confident that he can say out loud, yeah, there's a Holocaust going on and I don't care. It means nothing to me. Those people mean nothing to me, especially when challenged like that. I mean, you know, look, we all know that there are bad things going on in the world and we can't care about every little one every single day. I mean, we might care. It's a pretty big one in theory, right? Like, you know, like, but I don't we don't even know all the things that are going on. This one, however, would you say, Glenn, is the largest ongoing genocide in the world? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, oh, maybe yeah. what would, what else would you compare to it? I mean, maybe North Korea as a country that has been yeah. in this sort, current state that it, this yeah. entire time. And imagine saying, I don't care about any of the people that are in the slave camps in North who Korea are being tortured and killed in North Korea. Uh, it's in- incomprehensible. Yeah. For a person is, to feel comfortable saying that is, is remarkable. It is a it's a lack of humanity. It's a lack of empathy and, you know, and this, arrogance. This guy's not doing any business in North Korea either, at least that we know of. They are doing business with China and Correct. have been trying to do business with it and have criticized people just for claiming that a place like Hong Kong should be free. They're attacking general managers in the sport for that reason. So to feel comfortable just blurting out that you don't care about it, it's one thing to say, like, look, there's a million problems and I haven't focused on that one that much. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, not everyone can can do that, though. I will say this is, again, the biggest one in the world right now and also one that is in a current controversy with his business interests. So, so here, I can't I wouldn't believe him if he said he didn't think about it. Here is here is the really good news. More and more every single day. It is so easy to realize, am I on the right side or the wrong side? You, all you have to do is know a little bit of history. If somebody like IBM did, IBM said in the 1930s, I don't really care what they're doing about the Jews. I don't care. Is that the right side of history or the wrong side of history? Because eventually people do care. Eventually we leave this state of insanity. And when it resets... You're going to have to live with, oh my gosh, I was part of that. Uh, I think it's easier and easier. It's very easy to decide listening to that, which is the good side and which is the side that's wrong for history. Make your choice. And it's, they're easy today. They're easy. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Patriot Mobile and thank Patriot Mobile for their support. They have supported so many shows of ours and other shows, conservative hosts, Turning Point, CPAC, the March for Life. These guys are there and they're putting their money where their mouth is. They are fully in the trenches with you and the things that we believe in. And I am proud to partner with Patriot Mobile. They are America's only Christian conservative cell provider. And I would like you to partner with them as well. The one thing we can do is stop doing business with people who are doing business against us. And that is the case with Verizon or AT&T. These companies are spending a lot of money working against you. The easiest one is Planned Parenthood. Patriot Mobile is on your side. Now, they're going to also save you a lot of money and you'll get the same coverage because they're on the same cell towers as everybody else. So call 972-PATRIOT, get free activation with the offer code BECK. If you're a veteran or a first responder, you're going to save even more. But you can save up to half, half of what you're paying right now and be doing business with a company that loves America and shares your values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash BECK. PatriotMobile.com slash BECK or call 972-PATRIOT. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, some of the solutions that uh, I, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed. That is the that is the trick of the left. They are trying to make you feel alone and overwhelmed and like nothing can be done. I'm telling you, if America educates itself, we are closer to fixing the problem than we have ever been. Um, there are things that are changing, choices that are becoming more and more clear. Um, you know, the, the Republicans, I, I don't want to make this about politics because the Republicans could screw everything up. Um, I don't know their ass from their elbow. Um, but the Democrats are losing big support. They are now, what, four points uh, behind five points behind Republicans. And that doesn't sound as bad as it is. I mean, the Democrats oh, no. always lead these generic polls. Oh, and, yeah. And they were up, yeah. I think, nine not right. too long ago. And now they have a five-point deficit. That's a, I mean, it's a catastrophe. They are mid-catastrophe right now. Correct. And that's good news. They, they have disconnected from the American people. And everybody, even their supporters, are starting to uh, notice it. And that's good news for the Republic. Back in a minute. I want to welcome a new sponsor. If the last couple of years uh, have taught us anything, it's that you have to take control of your own health. And it is clear that you just can't rely on the government or big pharma to protect you and your family. Now, maybe you've made that mistake in the past, but we can't make it anymore. We have now begun to see just exactly the harm that that can come our way. And it is time to take matters in your own hands. The best way to do that is called Z-Stack. Z-Stack is a specially formulated immune boosting supplement that includes zinc. Uh, I think it's Qcertin. Is that right? Vitamin C and vitamin D. It was uh, formulated by Dr. Vladimir Zelenko world-renowned doctor the president trump credit his uh, successful early early treatment protocol and his decisions to take hydroxychloroquine etc uh, etc et z stack has been scientifically formatted uh, formatted uh, it is kosher gmp certified produced here in the united states i'm on it uh, in fact dr zelenko was the doctor that helped me through uh covid take care of your family zstacklife.com slash beck go there now Present you with some evidence on uh, a massive Fauci cover-up that you probably have heard, but you have not heard the latest news in it. I honestly cannot. When we read this story a couple of days ago, my staff and I we looked at each other and went, "How did we miss this?" 
This is enormous, just enormous cloak and dagger from the guy who is really the UK's Anthony Fauci. A cover-up, a lab leak, burner phones, clandestine meetings, in his own words, would give that to you in 60 seconds. So 40% of Americans with credit card debt do not know their interest rate. Uh, what is your interest rate? Do you know it? Are you paying four? Are you paying three? Paying less than three? Five? What is it? That interest rate can save you a buttload of money, hundreds of dollars every single month. And if you have high interest credit cards, you're probably paying, paying double digits now. And that could save you, if you roll all of these into your mortgage, you could save like $1,000 a month. Imagine an extra 12 grand a year. That would almost, well, that would almost cover inflation, which definitely is definitely not happening. American Financing, call 800-906-2440. Go over what you have, what you need. They will help you find a way to save money and they'll do it the right way. They work for you, not the bank. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So I, I read this article um, from uh, brownstone.org, uh, what, about a week ago, I think, and it came out from Jeffrey Tucker, and he reviewed... He reviewed uh, Jeremy Farrar's book. He's Jeremy Farrar is a professor at Oxford University. He's the head of the Wellcome Trust, uh, which is he's the he's the largest private uh, investor in in gain of function and other things like that. Sketchy, I think, sketchy things. Um, and uh, he is. He was very, very involved over in the UK with the messaging and everything else and all of the lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Jeffrey Tucker, as he's reviewing his book, he says there's some things in here that kind of poke its head out at you. Um, he says, um, let me let me just quote some of the book. Now, this is, again, written by the guy who was. Anthony Fauci, by the second week of January, I was beginning to realize the scale of what was happening. I was also getting the uncomfortable feeling that some of the information needed by scientists all around the world to detect and fight this new disease was not being disclosed as fast as it could be. I didn't know it then, but a fraught few weeks lay ahead. In those weeks, I became exhausted and scared. I felt as though I were living a different person's life. During that period, I would do things I've never done before. Acquire a burner phone, hold clandestine meetings, keep difficult secrets. I would have a surreal conversation with my wife, Christiane, who persuaded me that we should let the people closest to us know what was going on. I phoned my brother and my best friend to give them my temporary number. In hushed conversations, I sketched out the possibility of a looming global health crisis that had the potential to read as bioterrorism. If anything happens to me in the next few weeks, I told them nervously, this is what you need to know. Uh, 
Wow, that's and that's just the beginning of this. Jeffrey Tucker is uh, is here. He's the one who brought this to my attention. Jeffrey, how are you, sir? <laughs> Good. I, I love I love hearing all that stuff. That's just great. You know, he wrote this uh, Pirar. Wrote this in the in uh, the book came out in August. I, how and did I we miss this? It. How I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I tend to read all these books because I'm just voracious. I've been writing about this ridiculous subject since January 2020. So I'm, you know, I, I love this stuff. But, but when the book came out, you kind of figure he wrote this over the summer. I think there, there might have been more of an atmosphere of openness uh, back then uh, that's since been sort of closed. They've gotten more hush-hush since that time. And I think maybe Ferrar thought it was okay to reveal all this stuff since the pandemic is ending and everything was kind of calming down or he wanted to write uh, his story. Um, but now looking at it, uh, you know, after all this time, here we are in, in January 2022, it, it, it's spooky and it, and it plays right into uh, a, a sense that we've all had that something went very, very, very wrong. wrong in the world, somewhere between... <laughs> Uh, the middle of January, and then the middle of March. So, you know, what was going on? And we know now from their own words what they were doing for the better part of uh, a month or, or six weeks. They were trying to figure out if this was a lab leak, if the lab leak, and there were, he reports to being 80% sure that it was, and whether the leak was deliberate or accidental didn't really uh, matter to them. They needed to figure out the political spin. So here you have, and, and they, you know, they got on these meetings. This is, I think he reports of something like January 30th. Yeah. They had a, a profound sense that this is likely a leak. So they met in a Zoom call on February the 1st. Um, you know, it's, so Collins and Farrar and Fauci and various other uh, health uh, 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 scientists with, with whom they were connected and began to sort of mop, map out a strategy for dealing with the lab leak. Issue. And it's, it's not that, now, I mean, um, he even said 80% chance. Um, he, I mean, why would you have burner phones and clandestine meetings? Why would you be worried about somebody offing you if this was, a, if this was natural? It, it, that, that doesn't make any sense at right. all. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. And I guess from my point of view, first of all, I've never been a, I'm not enough of a scientist or expert to know if it's a lab leak or not. Sure. It, and in some sense, Glenn, it, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is that they believed that it was. Okay? Correct. Correct. So that's what dictated their, their, their response. So here you have the world's top, most influential ruling class, public health, um, I guess, experts, blah, blah, blah. Instead of trying to figure out the demographics of, of death, the nature of the virus, you know, the best therapeutics, for example, uh, and, and being honest and open with the public about what was coming and what to do, they spent that critical whole month of February plotting a, a, a response, a political spin. It basically engaged in a cover-up in his own words, with burner phones, clandestine meetings, uh, sleepless nights, and so on. So I think it's just a scandal. And, and you can look at other information that shows that that report that came out in Nature magazine saying, oh, it's not a lab leak, that was written four days following that first Zoom call with Colin Fauci, Ferrari, and so And But here's what's interesting about that article. They sat on it 
for the better part of February and didn't release it until March 17th. Now, that was the day after the uh, Fauci Burks uh, Trump news conference announcing uh, the national lockdowns, the day following. And suddenly they're, they're telling the whole wow. world, it's natural, it's not a lab leak. So all of this is just, you can say, oh, that's just a coincidence. I don't think so. They planned this whole thing out. And of course, that article came under grueling criticism for the rest of the year. And now we know it was just, it's just nonsense. But it's political spin. Uh, so t- so tell me tell me a little bit about, uh, tell tell me a little bit about Jeremy Farrar and the the Welcome Trust because from what I understand I know very little about it but Welcome Trust is a, a group that I think up until the eighties maybe the nineties still were kind of embracing eugenics uh, I mean it's a really kind of spooky uh, group isn't it or do I have that wrong. Uh, but that's my understanding. So we, I don't think we have anything in the U.S. like it, except maybe the Gates, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, maybe. But it, it is private, but it's funded by a lot of pharmaceutical industries, too. And they dole out a lot of money for research. So they've got every sort of public health scientist in England on their payroll. So Farrar is a very powerful guy. Like Fauci is in this country with NIH. I mean, the NIH controls 50 billion. I don't know what the numbers are for Welcome Trust, but it's, uh, it's right up there. So uh, he's a very powerful figure. I mean, right up there with Fauci and the rest of them. And they... Really important guy. And he believes, like Fauci, in gain-of-function research? Oh, sure. No, they're, they're all dedicated to this, this disgusting uh, thing. Um, they think it's the coolest thing going. And they, you know, and they, they were working very closely with their friends at the Wuhan lab. And we know this. Uh, they, that's what, you know, that's where they got the information about the possible lab leak. And they were trying to get the information out. Now, uh, Glenn, I didn't go into it, but there's so much we need to learn here. But, there's, but we know from Fauci's emails that, that the U.S., U.K., and Australia all sent a delegation to China in the middle of February, I mean, somewhere between like, I don't know, the 14th and 16th, it's very difficult for me to reconstruct these timelines because it's all so confusing. We have just mixed information. But there's definitely a delegation that went to China to figure out how it is that they so successfully controlled the virus through lockdowns, you know? So they come back from that, and this is all because it's tax paid and whatever, in part. Uh, they come back from that going, up. Oh, China has figured out how to control this virus. We know now how to do it. We have to lock everybody in their homes, quarantine everybody, control the population and socially distance and so on. So then they had, you know, following that little junket to China, they had a full month to kind of work out the details. And very crucially, very importantly, they had to persuade Trump to do it. They had to persuade Trump to destroy the Trump economy. Uh, How'd they do it? For, for, uh, well, um, now that's, you know, it's pretty interesting because Scott Atlas reports a lot of this. But um, so they, they went, first of all, they relied on Burks because they figured Burks, he liked Burks and he didn't like Fauci. So they relied on her. She went into him and persuaded him that this virus is from China. It might have come from a lab uh, and we needed to stop it 
Uh, and there, there's a metric we're going to use uh, called cases. We're going to keep cases at a very minimum. There are not that many cases here now. If we shut down the world, shut down the country, shut down all bars and restaurants and so on for two weeks, then we'll get ahead of it. Uh, Trump, I think, it was just a small meeting, right? We're talking about Fauci, Burks, Kushner, and Kushner had two friends. Um uh, with him. And they just met in the Oval Office and Trump immediately agreed. He said, okay, I'll do that. Now that was, uh, that was over the weekend of March 12th and 13th. He had already shut down travel from Europe, but it was that Saturday and Sunday so where it they is, mapped out a strategy for the, the lockdown. So, cause my feeling was at the time that two weeks, what mm. was a reasonable thing to do. Um, and then it just started to morph uh, we didn't know what we were dealing yeah. with. So it it was presented to him. Um, uh, it seems almost kind of casually like, look, this is really going to be bad. Uh, but if we just do it for two weeks, but I don't think that was their plan, was it? No, they needed two weeks just to kind of warm them up to the idea. Then after two weeks, they uh, uh, went further and said, uh, listen, we've made a lot of progress, but if you open up right now, you're going to reverse that progress. We need another two weeks. Mm. Then after two more weeks, I went to him and said, and so finally Trump, and, and meanwhile, Trump is being praised by the media, right? Right. So that was an unusual thing for him. Hey, he couldn't get, couldn't get over that. Actually, he sort of liked that. He said, wow, everybody likes me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, that, that worked out well. Um, and so he gradually, gradually came around. Glenn, let me, can I just back up just slightly? Because there's, a, some, there's something interesting that I might have skipped over. In the last week of February, because Fauci was writing CBS News at the time. I'm talking about, like, say, February 25th, saying uh, uh, this virus is going to come. It's going to become endemic. We don't need a vaccine. Uh, it's it's going to be bad, mm. but uh, it's, it, we're going to get through it. Because he's more or less saying what I would call like quasi-rational things, right? Right. <laughs> um, and then about about uh, about about two days later, the first evidence I can find where Fauci changes his mind uh, on this is I'm, I'm not going to say two days. I think it's February 26th. He writes a private email of all people, to Morgan Fairchild. You probably remember her as the kind of the 80s actress, you know? Yes. uh, Could it get any more bizarre? Now Morgan Fairchild is in on this. Yeah. All right. Morgan Fairchild, yeah. And she she played Dottie in in Peavy's Big Adventure, you know? Right, right. Um, Anyway, he's, Fauci, old man, you know, is convinced that she's a powerful social media figure that everybody will listen to. And he writes her and says, listen, we need to start warming people up to the idea of lockdowns. We might have to close schools and churches and businesses and everything else. That, I think, was February 26th. Now, the uh, very next day, the New York Times, a very powerful daily podcast hosted by Michael Barbero with their top virus reporter named uh-huh. Donald J. McNeil. And they, they ran, you know, a 20, 30 minute interview with the guy in which he's really predicting the plague, right? So he, he predicts something like four and a half million Americans are going to die, makes no reference to the demographics of death, just really right. unleashes a level of panic that was very uncharacteristic for the New York Times, right? Very uncharacteristic. Why would the New York Times be trying to whip up a public frenzy over, over the coming disease? I mean, it's, it's just not 
the style of the newspaper. Stand by, Very stand by. Day. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me take one minute. I gotta cut you off. I have to take a one minute break, and then we'll be right back. We're talking to Jeffrey Tucker, um, founder and president of the Brownstone Institute, about his uh, article, "The Lab Leak." It's fascinating. Uh, back in just a second. 9-11, almost 3,000 people were killed on terrorist attacks on American soil. And the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. These are the people who went to war. These are the people who are first responders. These are the people who go out every day and, uh, and maybe don't come home. And they have young children and young families that are left behind. Tunnel to Towers. What they do is they pay off the mortgage to get rid of the financial burden. They bring the families into stability. If they're critically wounded, um, they they go out and they help augment these homes so people can live uh, as an injured warrior, but they are still living the fullest of life. It it is. um, It's a group of people that actually have done what they said they were going to do. 20 years ago right now you can help at $11 a month T2T we can take care of these people who are being shot in our streets or shot overseas our nation's heroes the people who put their lives on the line every day for us join tunnels to towers a tunnel to towers on its mission to do good in their honor donate $11 a month T2T.org that's T the number two T.org 10 seconds station ID Jeffrey, I'm going to have to have you back because uh, I've only got a couple of minutes here left in this segment. But um, uh, go ahead and yeah, yeah. and let's yeah. finish what what you uh, what you just started. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, well, this concerns uh, Donald McNeil, right? Uh, the report now. Uh, so he writes an article February 28th saying we should go medieval on this. We shouldn't use traditional public health. We should shut everybody in their homes and lock down the highways and, and block the planes and so on. So it gets crazy stuff, right? I just don't believe that the New York Times would be saying these things unless they had some kind of green light mm. from NIH, NIH, Fauci, and Collins, and the rest of it. In other words, this was the turning point. Sometime between, February, say, February 20th and February 28th, uh, when, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, the ruling class decided that they're going to destroy everything. And uh, it's super creepy. And I, we've got, there's so much we need to know. Donald McNeil, by the way, was later sacrificed, as you well know, uh, fired from his job and so on. Um, once he played his appointed role, he was no longer useful. And so he was, now he's just riding on such attack by himself. It's, it's just got COVID, by the way. <laughs> Jeff, it is really weird. I feel like we live in a, a Jason Bourne movie, you know? It's bizarre. I agree with you. And, you know, as much, and you are, uh, think about this stuff all the time as I do, and I, I obsessively read every uh, leak, every yeah. book, everything. And I feel like I only understand, you know, maybe 15%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is so much investigation. It's going to consume us for a long time. For the next uh, for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, I'd love to have you back, and we'll continue to tell the story. Um, you're a great storyteller, and, and yeah, thank you for all of your hard work on this. Uh, Jeffrey Tucker, you can follow him on his website, uh, brownstone.org, or on Twitter, Jeffrey A. Tucker. 
The uh, name of the article is The Lab Leak, The Plots and Schemes of Jeremy Farrar, Anthony Fauci, and Francis Collins. More in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. It's how out of touch, really. I mean, Morgan. Oof. All right, let me tell you about uh, Charles. He wrote in and he said, uh, Glenn, I want to tell you about Relief Factor. At 84, my arthritis uh, is finally giving me a break. It's unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for telling me about Relief Factor. Charles, thank you so much for writing in and trying Relief Factor. Um, I have the experience I'm pretty much the same as yours. Relief Factor helped me get my life back, and I, I'm glad that it helped you as well. If you're listening every day and you're in pain, please just try it. Try it. Stop Stop waiting around. You could get your life back. You could be out of pain or have greatly reduced pain. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. 70% of the people who order go on to order more. It means 30% and they don't see anything. Well, are you part of the 30% or the 70? Don't waste another day. Get your life back. Relieffactor.com. 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4, RELIEF or relieffactor.com. Go there now, relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. Number one book in America, The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. You can get it now at glennsnewbook.com. If you are a business person, uh, you run your own small company, you have any kind of business that you do online uh, or in, you know, brick and mortar, you need to listen to uh, hour number three of today's podcast coming up in about 25 minutes. I have I have a guy that I, I would pay him just about anything just to consult me um, and uh, and business. He is absolutely brilliant. One of the best minds out there, I think. Uh, and uh, he's coming in. We're going to talk about business a little bit and uh, how to succeed and what you can do to succeed. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, Julie Kelly is also with us. Um, she's a senior contributor. I don't know if you've if you've gone to America Greatness uh, or AM Greatness dot com. It's American Greatness, the website. But they have a lot of great stories. They have uh, really good coverage on pretty much everything america that you might care about um and she is she's one of the people one of the only people uh that has really gone in and looked at what the the capital riot and the people who were in jail what their living conditions uh are what's really happening nobody really wants to do this for some reason or another and julie has a new book uh that is out called january 6th and I wanted to spend just a few minutes with her uh, today. Hi, Julie. Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you you are uh, you're welcome. Thank you for the work that you are doing uh, on January sixth. I mean, it's a it's a very difficult topic because nobody wants somebody to be able to go in and smash things in the Capitol and get away with it scot free. Um, however, what's happening is just seemingly radical injustice when grandma is going to jail and people like Ray Epps just we don't even we, we don't have questions even asked about him. 
That's exactly right. I mean, we do have, shockingly, political prisoners in the United States. We now have at least 80 men who have been detained and denied bail, not because they are a threat to society or a flight risk. Almost all of them have no criminal record. But this Justice Department um, is seeking people to be incarcerated, held behind bars, in some cases, Glenn, at least 18 months before they even have a chance to defend themselves in front of a judge or a jury. So this is punishment for protesting Joe Biden's election. It is an egregious double standard of justice. As you know, we have how many criminals who ran free in the summer of 2020, attacked federal officers, destroyed property, yet we don't have them in jail awaiting trial, denied bail. So here we have at least Go ahead. Who are these? Who are these people? I mean, because nobody's talking about this and you can't really get anybody in Congress or the Senate to do anything. It doesn't seem like these people just kind of have disappeared and you don't know what to believe. So who are they? Well, um, the majority have been charged with either assaulting or interfering with law enforcement. Um, and so, of course, that's not anything we support, although, as I explain in my book, Glenn, another uncovered issue is how police attacked and assaulted protesters in many cases first, prompting a lot of the confrontations that we saw see in little video clips. Um, but still, we still have a process, right? They are entitled to the presumption of innocence. They're entitled to a speedy trial. They are entitled to have access to their defense attorney and the evidence against them. They still cannot even access their discovery materials in this D.C. jail because the guards will not let them have access to whatever the lawyers try to send them. I've heard this repeatedly, not just from detainees and defense lawyers, but by judges. And it's these judges who keep signing off on these pretrial detention orders solely based on the fact They view these people as insurrectionists who try to overthrow democracy on January 6th. It's absurd. But if they haven't heard, if they haven't heard uh, any of the the other side. And I mean, this is this is really uh, a very, very dark chapter in American history. If what you're saying is true, this is one of the worst things that will we will look back on and say, good God, what was wrong with us as people? I completely agree, Glenn, and I think it is just contemptible that Republican leaders, we have a few speaking out, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gohmert actually went to the jail a number of times and basically finally forced themselves into this D.C. gulag holding at least 40 of these men right now. The others are at jails across the country and saw not just the deplorable conditions of that jail, but the entire D.C. um, Department of Corrections. But the difference is most of the men who are held in general population in the D.C. jail have been convicted of a crime. We're talking about men who don't even have trial dates in some cases, but yet they've been in that jail since February, March, April. They're still waiting to get a trial date. And these pretrial detention hearings by these judges, and I'm talking Trump judges too, have turned into one-sided hearings where these judges take whatever evidence the DOJ gives them, declares these men basically guilty, and incarcerates them before they can even have a chance to defend themselves. It's really shocking, and I detail a lot of it in my book. So, wait, why can we not get 
people uh, interested in this? I mean, the political people. Why is it down to those two Congress congressmen, Congress people? Because, as you know, Glenn, our Republican leadership in Washington is weak. They're cowards. And in many cases, they have gone along with this, quote unquote, insurrection narrative. Um, You had Mitch McConnell calling it an insurrection. You had Ted Cruz, who finally had to walk back his statement. This was a domestic terror attack after he got pushed back because they have gone along with this narrative all along. And they view these people as not people that are entitled to any defense. And that just simply is not true. You have been accused of nonviolent crimes. They haven't even been charged with a weapons violation, attacking a police officer, destroying any property who have been held in the school act for nearly a year. And their trial dates are the middle of this year or late this year because the trials keep getting pushed back, too, because of COVID. It is such a rigged system against these men. And, you know, the juries are not going to be impartial um, and no one really seems to care. Well, I do. I just don't know what to do about it. What do we do about it? Well, I think we just keep bringing attention to it. And when you have Republican lawmakers on, I think you press them on it. I think your listeners need to call their congressmen and senators and say, we demand more attention to this. Go to this jail. Demand to find out what's happening inside of it. Call this DOJ out, not just for how it infiltrated. Obviously, as we know, it's hundreds, if not thousands, of FBI informants and agents that day. Um, But also continuing to demand that these men are incarcerated indefinitely, awaiting trials that this DOJ keeps pushing back. So that is the only way to get attention, is if uh, their constituents start demanding accountability for for the system of political prisoners. So there is a there's a couple of stories out uh, today. I just want to read some of the headlines. FBI's war on soccer moms. Uh, The FBI director, Andrew McCabe, um, comes out and says, I'm fairly confident from what little we've seen from the FBI that they have resources and repositioned some of their counterterrorism focus to increase uh, their uh, view on right wing extremism and, and domestic violence extremists. Um, we know clearly white people from the suburbs pose a threat of domestic violence. Um, that just came out. The FBI have, have tried to backtrack now um, on the synagogue attack. Um, that was so clear. Uh, the January 6th panel is now talking about the 14th Amendment and invoking that so Bush uh, so that uh, Trump can't run again. How how devastating uh and deep is this infection into real true justice well there isn't and this is why glenn people need to reconsider what they think they saw on january 6th this was not an organic uprising of trump supporters incited by the president There is no way that the Democrats just seized on this immediately to seek and and fulfill all sorts of political goals, which is basically criminalizing political dissent. That's why I suggest that January 6th was mostly an inside job orchestrated by the DOJ, the FBI, House Democrats, U.S. Capitol Police, uh, D.C. uh, Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on just a second. I think I need to spend more time with you because I'm up against a break. Uh, so we have to have you back, though. That's quite the charge in your book. Do you lay out the facts to to uh, 
prove that point, at least reasonable doubt? Yes, I do. I lay it all out in my book, the FBI's involvement, U.S. Capitol Police, why they kept the Capitol intentionally unsecure that day. These are the sorts of unanswered questions and the January 6th committee refusal to address any of that and hiding 14,000 hours of surveillance video from the public. Those should raise a lot of suspicions in people's minds about what actually what happened related to January 6th. Any doubt in your mind the answers that they were trying to get uh, just last week about Ray Epps and the FBI? There's no doubt in your mind then that 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 is exactly what was going on, that this was a this was a group of people that didn't have an intent to go in, but there was uh, some sort of FBI involvement that kind of spurred that on. Yes. And that's why you had the top D, uh, FBI official refuse to answer whether agents or informants either incited or engaged in violent criminal behavior that day. That was a jaw dropper. And they haven't come back and corrected her statement at all. And she refused twice under oath to, to deny that FBI agents or informants were involved in criminal, violent criminal behavior that day. Julie, I'd love to have you on again for a longer period of time, and you can lay out all of the evidence here. Um, I am I'm going to go buy your book uh, today. Uh, it's January 6th is the name of the book. Julie Kelly, uh, Julie Kelly, she's senior contributor for American Greatness. Uh, but you have um, she has you know written for the National Review, the Federalist, uh, the Hill, the Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, Forbes. I mean, she's not a uh, she's not a nobody if you don't know who she is. Uh, Julie Kelly and the name of the book is January 6th. More in a minute. Well, that's been a shocking hour, hasn't it? Um, let's see. Let me talk to you about uh, Car Shield. Right now, your car, what is the value up, Stu? It, I mean, if you were going to buy a new car, it's like 15%. Higher. No, it's higher. It's a higher. Uh, well, new car. I, I think the one I saw was used cars were up thirty seven percent. Yeah, thirty seven percent was the highest part of the inflation problem, with the exception of gasoline, which you're putting Correct. in that car. It, it's an amazing thing. I mean, it's almost like we're becoming Cuba. Uh, but if if your car goes down and you're out of warranty, the cost of replacing your car is going to overwhelm you. The cost of just a uh, a rental car while yours is in the shop, if you have a chip or something that has to be you know shipped from China or wherever, that is going to overwhelm you. What you need is uh, a monthly payment on insurance. Really, uh, the best defense against a costly repair is Car Shield. Now, Car Shield, I have had on my old trucks because I don't want to buy new trucks. I, I like my old trucks. They run fine, and I want to run them until the doors and the wheels fall off. Uh, and Car Shield helps me do that. And they have saved literally thousands of dollars in my life uh, $6,000 just on one stupid repair. I would have flushed the truck away had I known it was $6,000. I got there, and they were like, no, 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 Car Shield took care of all of it. Covered repairs? Best news of your life. It's CarShield. CarShield.com slash Beck. Go there now. Save 10%. It's CarShield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. The Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, hey, I thought I would, 
I thought I'd give you some good news here. I mean, it's been a little heavy this hour, um, but uh, let me give you some good news. Scientists are now studying privilege and inequality in the animal kingdom. And they have at UCLA found that there are some inequalities in the animal kingdom. Uh, And they've been, you know, they've been looking for privilege, inequality. Uh, I don't know about intergenerational wealth, but they found lots of examples in the uh, in several. They say several species. And it was quite surprising. And they say we're just touching the surface of this now. For instance, the survival instinct and natural selection, uh, it seems to include examples of species that share resources such as territory, uh, tools, and shelter between generations, but not necessarily with each other. For instance, the baby red grouse uh, who aren't abandoned by their fathers are more likely to succeed in establishing their own territories. But baby squirrels whose mothers hoard food for the winter are much more likely to survive until spring. And I will, let me quote, mm, this, is this is shocking. Stunning. Me, so stunning far. Yeah. Um, scient- scientists say, and I'm quoting uh, those young pine cone, rich squirrels are children of privilege. Um, Unbelievable. I don't, I, I don't, you know, I don't know about voter suppression in the wild kingdom. I have, I have no idea. Uh, no idea. No, no idea if they're getting rid of the, like the gray squirrel, if they're getting, you know, trying to get rid of their grayness uh, and admitting their grayness. Is it possible? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine any circumstance, mm-hmm. any scenario you could dream up in which we would identify as a dumber species than we are right now. Is there any way? No, no. To I mean, yes, I think there is. We're on that road. You don't think we, we could? But right now, right there now, is no example. There's no greater, example no. of any group any species, of people nothing. who have ever been dumber no. in no. any particular period of time. No, I don't think so. No, no, not possible. No, it is possible, but not currently occurring. Yes, and okay. I don't think even in cavemen, I don't think it was occurring then. I okay. Think so never before have we been na- this now, stupid. But possibly in the possibly, future. Possibly. I mean, okay. you know, I believe in the multiverse. Okay. You know, right. Okay. So <laughs> somewhere there's dumber people than us. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And welcome to hour number three of the podcast radio program. We are living in really bizarre times. We're living in times that are going to change even more dramatically. 
in the next eight years than we've already changed. You won't recognize things in, in our world and really adapting is the most important, no, second most important thing. Empathy is going to be the most important skill that you can hone. If you are in business, if you are somebody who is just even starting out in life and you're thinking, where do I go? How do I change? What is my business model? What is, what do I, how do I actually improve people's lives and make money doing it? I have somebody who started Questus. He is a digital advertising company. He has worked with American Express, Apple, Capital One, Disney, the NFL, Samsung, Starbucks, Universal, you name it. He's been at the top of their advertising campaigns. And it's not really advertising. It's a totally different way of life. He's just put out a new book. It came out today, Exponential. He is uh, somebody who I just cherish i think he is really truly brilliant honored to have him in we begin in 60 seconds let me tell you a little bit the the real problem with inflation the real problem with inflation is uh everything costs you more right well let's say you don't even spend your money you just have your money in a bank account let's say you had a hundred dollars at the end of this year, it'll be worth about $94. The end of next year, it's in the 80s. That's what inflation does. It it devalues what you've already made and already have. It's not just about going to the store and prices are higher. It's about the fact that your dollar is worth less and less. That's where gold or silver comes in. It always has been. I've told you I don't buy gold as an investment. I buy it as a hedge against insanity because the world has truly gone insane. And every time that it goes insane, it resets itself and it goes back to the things, the universal truths that we all know are true. All that glitters is not gold. Gold has a special place as a hedge against inflation and a hedge against insanity. This week, Goldline is offering a unique special, combining my two favorite assets. When you buy 20 of their historic $5 gold Indian coins, you're going to receive a five-pack of Goldline's coveted Silver Maple Flex Bars at no cost. Both of these items, extremely difficult to acquire at any time. They're on special now. Don't ignore this. Call them 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Welcome to the program, Jeff Rosenblum. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It is, it is great to have you. I read your book, I think, in a day. Uh, you were the, uh, you're the author of friction, which is one of my other favorite business books. I just gave it to a CEO of a company who, who, uh, it was in, we were just talking about what brands actually mean. And, uh, I said, you have to read this book. I went and got my copy. They're hard to get. And I gave it to him. Uh, and this is just as, just as good exponential. Give me the premise first of of what you're laying out here yeah first of all thank you for the kind words and the support i okay. really do appreciate it sure. so the basic premise is this i'm an advertising guy but i've been obsessed with companies that dominate the competition right brands that absolutely grow exponentially they don't just have customers they have armies of evangelists mm -hmm. and they have one simple tool it's empowerment 
They improve people's lives one small step at a time because everybody wakes up in the morning and they want one thing. They want to be better than they were the day before. It's at the heart of the human experience. It's what drives capitalism. It is. I think capitalism is the greatest charity ever. You're, you, if you are doing it right, you're thinking, how can I make people's lives easier or better? Uh, and you win and they win. Um, the, the idea of, of making someone's life better, for instance, I, I'm, I'm really confused on some brands. For instance, Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple does things and they do it right. They really do it right. And they have the art in the inside and they um, uh, their products are just easier to use, more intuitive. And they have changed my life. However, then you get this other side of these companies now that they don't seem to fit. So is it is it the story or is it the actual product that matters? It's a little bit of both, but the old bogus stories with obfuscation and duplicity, that doesn't work anymore, right? It's about taking all that data and technology and creativity and actually doing something meaningful. Apple's a good example because these guys, they're pretty far from perfect, but people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. people don't expect brands and companies to be perfect anymore. But what they do is they want them to provide more value more value than the competition is providing, give them more value than people are putting into it. See, people are, they're not just giving their dollars, which are obviously extraordinarily important. People want return on investment. Right. But they're also giving their time, their attention, their recommendations, their loyalty. Some people are aware they're giving their data. So they're looking for brands to give them more in return than they're investing as consumers. And if you're a business owner, that's what you need to recognize. It's a value exchange. And if you're a consumer, what you need to recognize is don't buy from companies and don't recommend companies that aren't giving you more in return than you're putting into the relationship. So is this a deeper, because I've seen this with our audience. Um, There are companies now that are, um, that represent a conservative viewpoint. You know, they stand for the traditional values and those companies are just rocketing they'll come on the air with us and they just rocket really fast um is that the future for almost everything where you are you are identifying with a group of people or is it is the the procter and gamble kind of everybody thing still there that's a great point so people don't buy from companies that they don't trust right and i think it's why Say with your program, right? You're following a business model that's been around for forever. Radio, TV, podcast, regardless, you have sponsors. People trust the brands that advertise on Glenn Beck program because they know that you vetted these brands. You vetted these products. They know you. They trust you. So when you recommend these brands and products, it becomes a shortcut for them to know that they can trust these brands and products. People will not buy from companies they don't trust. But I think a lot of people have sort of misinterpreted this and think that every company needs to save the world. They want to try to become the next Patagonia, right? And, right. and save the environment, which is fine if companies want to try to do that and it's core to their value system. But everybody doesn't wake up in the morning wanting brands to 
hug the trees and Correct. save the manatees. Like, find the authentic way that you can improve my life. So this is, I mean, this is Coca-Cola. You know, I, I don't need Coca-Cola to tell me to be less white. What are you doing, Coca-Cola? I, I, I want a good sugary drink. That's what I want. Um, and these these products are 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 all over the board and they're they're starting to preach to us how to live our life. And some people love it. Some people really hate it. But I can't I can't get my arms around the um, the fact that we're splitting, you know, Coca-Cola was Coca-Cola. That's it. It meant one thing. You either like that over Pepsi or you don't. And it kind of said America, all of America. Those things are all breaking down now. It, it, is that a good thing, a bad thing? How, how? What is the thinking of these giant companies? I think anything that divides this country is a bad thing, period. Coca-Cola could stand for something great. Like when I think about Coca-Cola, it stands for happiness. That's a nice little right. platform. You can dive the into world that. Sing. Yeah, you can dive into that without stepping on people's toes. And you could do it more meaningfully than a 30-second spot. You can create content and stuff that moves people's lives forward. We don't need to be divisive. And the data is going to prove if you're overly leaning into a woke movement that's not authentic to your brand, it's not going to drive profits. So then all you're going to do as a company is pivot in six months, pivot in 12 months, and find something else. We really need to, as companies, lean into authenticity. And we really need to, as consumers, only buy from companies that are truly authentic. So how do you know that, and how does a company create that? Well, we know it as consumers, because we know the truth, and we know it basically in real time, right? There's so many ratings, and there's so many reviews, and we all have friends in the real world. We all have friends on social media. We all know how to look at those basic ratings, reviews, and information and parse out the truth. We don't just read one and, and take it as the gospel. We know how to read lots and lots and figure out whether it's true. And we need to figure out what's important to us and, and buy from companies that, that support what's important to us. And how does the tell the Super 8 story, will you? In the book, you talk about Super 8, which yeah. is a brand... I've driven by a million times, never have considered. I've stayed at Motel 6. I don't know why I wouldn't stay at a Super 8, but they've completely reinvented themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, let me give you the strategy, and then let me tell you what we did. So Super 8, it's a great hotel chain. And what they did is they revamped the large majority of their hotel rooms. They're absolutely beautiful inside. They're not pretending to be the Rich Carlton, but they're really nice inside. They're clean. They've got this great black and white photography. Or if you're in Dallas versus Hawaii, you're going to see different images, mm -hmm. free breakfast. It's as nice as can be. But not a lot of people realized how nice these rooms actually are. And we needed to find a different pathway into telling that story. And what we didn't want to do is tell a story just about the rooms. Because when people stay at Super 8, what they're doing is celebrating the road. They're doing something on a road trip. They're not spending all day in their Super 8 room. So we came across a veteran. His name was Ian, and he was suffering from PTSD. The way he described it, he was, he was taught to go out and fight, but he wasn't taught how to come home. When he was at war, he felt like a hero. When he came home, he felt like a zero. So we went to all these veterans' hospitals, and they tried psychology, and they tried pharmacology. Nothing was working. He's on the verge of suicide. Finally, a nurse comes up to him and says, do you know what you need? He says, no, I don't know what I need. She said, I think you need a hug. Can I give you a hug? He's like, okay. 
So this nurse wraps her arms around this big, strong, tall Marine, gives him a hug, and all of a sudden he started uncontrollably crying. And there were tears of happiness and relief because finally someone said, I feel your pain. You're important and you're going to get better. The way he describes it, that hug didn't heal him. It was just a small but very important step forward. And he realized he wanted to share this experience. So he found two other veterans. One of them was his dear friend. And they went around the country and they wanted to go to every veteran's hospital giving hugs. Afghanistan vets, Vietnam vets. Give them hugs. Let them understand there's a better solution out there. You're a human and you're important. But they're bootstrapped, like their car's breaking down. They're using bicycles. Right. They have no money. So we realized, wait a second. Super 8's always had a great relationship with veterans. Super 8 can support these guys, free hotel rooms all around the country, give them money to help them with their travel. We'll bring in our video camera crew. We'll help tell the story and build awareness. So we made this incredible micro documentary talking about Ian in the Human Hug Project. And it's so inspiring and it's so educational and it's so uplifting. And at no point are we like, and this is presented by Super 8, right? (laughs) Super 8 is a really small part of the story just in the background. It lives on their channels, their email, their website, their social media. And what we did is we were able to create an emotional connection with the audience by empowering Ian educating people about what's going on so this is a completely different way i mean i've done advertising for 45 years um and i've revamped the way advertising has been done on radio but it's still advertising it's still a 60 second commercial etc this is going to super eight and saying hey we want you to spend some money and we're really not going to put you out in the front and it's going to work for you a, how do you convince somebody of that? I mean, you're an advertising guy. And B, how does that work? Mm-hmm. Well, the reason it ultimately works for Super 8 is we know people who have actually seen these videos. And eventually, we want to show them what makes these rooms so great. Because that's part of empowerment, right? You want to be empowered to spend your dollars wisely. So once people are emotionally engaged, they understand the story, they understand what Super 8 believes in, Then we can show them images of the room. We can talk about the free breakfast. We can talk about all the amenities. But getting Super 8 on board, this is a really great company. It's owned by Wyndham, and they've got a really strong value system. So they really believed in this, and they believe in veterans. So to be honest with you, it wasn't that hard of a sales pitch. It was incremental. We had to go in there and not blast away and say, you have to do this. We showed them images. We showed them the Ian story. We showed a rough cut. And slowly, we brought along all the executives. But I'll tell you, right from the get-go, they were excited about this. All right. Back in just a second. The name of the book is Exponential. Um, How do these companies grow exponentially? Uh, More in just a second. First, let me give you one minute and back into the show. My Patriot Supply, the the country is being eased into the Great Reset, and we are really, um, we're sitting here looking at times that are going to get tougher before they get better, but they will get better. Paying attention to things like inflation, supply chain shortages, you know that anything could happen at this point. That's why I really recommend, right off the bat, emergency food. I've had this for uh, about 15 years Uh, And I buy it from one company. It is my Patriot Supply. The reason why this company was started by a prepper 
who who was buying all of the stuff and then started eating some of it. It's like this is awful. And he went out and started his own thing. My Patriot Supply. You can now stop procrastinating. Make sure that your family is safe and secure with anything that uh, might come your way. Just go to preparewithglenn.com and save $50 now. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. 10 seconds station ID. So one of the things, um, Jeff, that I want to talk to you about, and this the, the name of the book is Exponential. It is out today. Jeff Rosenblum um, is the world has changed so much. And maybe it's a generational thing to where it used to be mass, you know, and 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 I see even though that, uh, you know, podcasts, Joe Rogan uh, is massive. He dwarfs anything on television. Okay, dwarfs it. And yet people still will say, well, I saw that on the Today Show or I saw this. It's much bigger on podcasts with Joe Rogan. Does this does it matter when when it's not mass? I mean, Joe Rogan is mass, but when it's when it's out in a video and it's YouTube and it's just going and it's not hitting the mass. Why, why is this, why have we made this change and how is that working? Do you understand my question? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, ironically, it comes down to technology. Like at first TV was this amazing technological solution, right? We had CBS, NBC, ABC, that was about it. So now brands can tell this amazing story through TV, except they started BSing the audience, right? They started telling a false story and people woke up and said, I'm not going to believe all of those stories. Now, fast forward, technology enables you to have all of your different programs and Joe Rogan, for his example, it's become more fragmented and people are less interested in, in mass media. They don't want content that's generic. They want content that appeals to them specifically. And they're going to be loyal to brands that sponsor that form of content. So mm. technology is changing things now the way it changed things 70 years ago and go into business uh, we have two minutes before a break go into business how 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 much more change is coming our way on how to do business oh it's exponential right we're we're entering what they call the fourth industrial revolution mm -hmm. which basically means all of the change that we've seen is now going to get expedited right so now we've got robots that are coming we've got artificial intelligence that's coming it's here already but we're still in the foreshadowing stage yeah and that's why i love this concept of empowerment and i love when you talk about empathy because it doesn't matter what happens in this world if we can lean on those foundational principles of empowerment and empathy and authenticity it doesn't matter what the world looks like it doesn't matter what technology is out there but if you don't change now as a business owner, if you don't change now as a business person, if you don't change your behavior now as a consumer, things are going to change so quickly. You'll be out of business when this fourth industrial revolution. So hits. I want you to talk about that. Uh, I want you to talk about um, the change that is coming because I can understand it as a business person, but as a consumer, I don't understand how that's going to leave me behind if I don't change now. So can you talk about those, those, um, um, empathy uh there were three of them you just said um empathy empowerment, empowerment authenticity and authenticity 
talk about that and then the changes that the consumer also is going to go through and how those relate we do that when we come back in just a second stand by name of the book is exponential American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So if you know anything about how money works, you know that inflation, to get it under control, you have to suck that money back in to the Federal Reserve. They do that by raising interest rates. Interest rate hikes are coming. I mean, they say, I I, I don't know how they're going to do it or how bad it's going to get. Uh, but if you are if you have a mortgage now and you're over three percent, please, you owe it to yourself to call American Financing now. Eight hundred nine zero six twenty four forty. They can help you get a uh, interest rate that is uh, working for you. And especially if you have high interest credit cards, please knock those down. Uh, you can get out of the double digits and into a, a mortgage rate, which will save you hundreds, if not a thousand dollars a month. So please call them now. They work for you. They don't work for the bank. It's American Financing. Close even at your own house. 800-906-2440. Americanfinancing.net. Americanfinancing.net. And don't forget to subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is the Great Reset. Save 15 bucks. I've been talking to you about The Great Reset for the last few weeks uh, as our book came out last week. Um, and I don't, uh, the one thing that I think people are not prepared for, they ask all the time, why would this happen? Why would we do these things? Why would these people want to do these things? Nefarious reasons and good reasons. Um, but the, the biggest reason is, the world is about to change in ways that it has never changed before. And we don't really know how to predict that. Um, we have uh, Jeff Rosenblum. He is the author of a new book called Exponential. He's a marketing guy um, who's worked with some of the biggest uh, companies. But he spotted changes. You've been, a, you've been an advertiser and done Super Bowl ads. And you spotted things are different. Things aren't working the way they used to um, and led you to this new frictionless kind of of theory. So let's talk a little bit about the amount of change that's coming. And you mentioned the consumer has to change or be left behind as well. Yeah, it's really straightforward. There's one thing that every consumer needs to keep in mind, which is they get to vote. Right? Capitalism is the most powerful force on the planet. I believe it's more powerful than governments. Oh, yeah. Every single day, you're voting. You're voting with your dollars. And you're also voting with other behavior. Your ratings, reviews, your recommendations, all of that information is 12 times as trusted as your basic TV 30-second spot. So vote every day. Buy from companies that support your value system. And then talk about those companies. And then talk about those companies. 
the dinner table, the bar, the restaurant, around the campfire, social media, Amazon, ratings and reviews. Participate. Are we more trustworthy on companies than we used to be or less? Oh, we trust them less than ever before. I like to think that's tipping now. You know, folks like yourself are picking up the mantle. We're talking about empathy and transparency. Um, but it's as low as it's ever been. So let's talk about those real quick. Empathy. I mean, I, I just did a monologue a couple of days ago on AI is coming and it will destroy 40% of all jobs by 2030. The job, if you're looking for a, a job, if you're looking to educate yourself, educate yourself on empathy because it's the one thing that a computer so far we cannot do and they don't project it being able to be able to make the facial expressions and actually listen to someone and be able to relate to them empathetically, right? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, AI is eventually going to get pretty good at that also, yeah. right? Let's break down empathy into one simple thing, which is listen. Listen. Do your research. Like right now through your computer, you can get a Harvard-level education or anything else you want. All the information's out there. So educate yourself, but also listen. Listen to your friends, listen to brands, listen to what they're doing. And take that education and start thinking creatively. Because that's the other thing that AI is going to have a really hard time yeah. doing, is being creative. So if you're a business person or a business owner, right, data, information, technology, it's table stakes. Every company has unprecedented data and technology. But you can create a competitive advantage by thinking creatively. Talk to me about the things that if you're in business now, so many people are struggling. Um, if you're in business right now, let's say a small town business, what should you be concentrating on? What should you, how do you, how do you effectively take this back with very few resources? You know, if there was one thing I would lean into as a small business owner, right on main street, I'd lean into customer service. I think customer service is the new advertising, right? What that means is companies can all buy 30-second spots or social media posts, right? They could do it on Google. Every company can do that. But only your business can get to know your community and get to know the individuals and treat those people with kindness and respect. Shake their hand. Listen to them. That is, it doesn't. It, it, it amazes me. Yesterday, I was talking to my wife about something. We had ordered something from a company, and we cannot get them back on the phone. And I said to my wife, I said, I, I don't need to talk to them. I, I don't need all I all I want is, can you just do what you're promising you would do? Not more, mm -hmm. not more. I don't need you to treat me like it. Just, yes, we're going to deliver this product at this time and if you can't let me know it people it, it i don't think it takes that much to succeed right now the bar is low <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the bar is very low yeah. and these giant corporations are are only making it worse so i appreciate that you commented i've made super bowl ads i actually haven't done that i'm actually oh i think yeah i'm the anti-super bowl ad guy i'm the anti let's not spend a bazillion dollars on one big message i'm the guy that says let's do something more meaningful. So in your example, when you're calling this company and just trying to get somebody on the phone, well, you got a bunch of listeners right now. Could you imagine if those folks actually answered the phone call and treated you with kindness and respect and empathy and solved your problems? 
Well, you'd be your in the custom- mic- I, mean, I know those are the companies that I do business with, the ones that you can call and they come out and they, they, they don't, I, I don't need to be treated like a king. Just treat me with honesty and integrity and I'm fine. I'm fine. And I, I mean, I find myself all the time going, no, no, no. This company did what they said they were going to do, which is rare. Yeah. Rare. I've studied this. There's a bit of a psychological principle going on here. There's something called homeostasis. We, we want balance in life, right? So when we buy a product and it costs X dollars, we want X dollars in value in return. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say you spend X dollars and they give you more in return. Mm-hmm. They give you the product, but they also give you the great customer service that you want. Now things are out of balance. You got more out of it than you put into it. So what do you do? You tell your friends. You go up on social media, ratings, mm. reviews. Again, around the campfire, it doesn't matter. In all of that, we call it brand evangelists. The more brand evangelists you have, the fewer ads you need to buy as a company. So every company should wake up every day not thinking about how can I come up with better ads? What they should be thinking about is how do I create more brand evangelists? Which is just treating people right and going beyond their expectation. That's a great summary statement. Um, give me, give me, uh, give me some stories of things that uh, people should be doing right now. Uh, companies that are changing. I mean, I, I find it amazing the the Super Eight story um, because it's a brand that you would think is over, and they've completely redialed and retooled and. Um, and they did it effectively. We have so much stuff being pumped into our heads, trying to move people. I mean, you talk about the brain an awful lot in the book. Can yep. you go, go into that first and then talk about what specifically what people should be doing? Yeah, absolutely. Let's dive into the brain because there's a okay. great story that we were exposed to. There's a guy named Phineas Gage. He's this strong influential great leader of men and he's up in vermont in the 1800s and they're laying down train tracks he bores a hole in the rock fills it with dynamite and he's got a tamping iron which is like six feet long made of iron couple inches wide and he puts it in the hole and all of a sudden there's an explosion this thing flies through the air like a javelin it goes through his eyeball out the back of his skull and lands many yards away in the ground, exactly like a javelin. What's crazy is Phineas didn't die. They carried him off the hill. They brought him down to a hotel. They put him in a rocking chair on the front porch and the doctor arrives. Doctor doesn't even believe the story until Phineas leans forward and he throws up parts of his brain at the feet of the doctor. It's unbelievable. I remember reading this the first time. This is an unbelievable story. It's an important story for medicine and everything else, but go ahead. So here's what's crazy about it. He goes on, he survives, and he lives a fairly normal life. But he's he, not because he's not mentally incapacitated. Not completely. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's I mean, he's got some deficits, but he's not like you would think a spike going through your head would be. And that's the big part of it, right? right? That's what's so cool about it is he's totally functioning person, except he's no longer kind and affable. He basically comes out to be a little bit of a jerk. So what they realize from this, this is the seminal moment in brain history. They realize that the brain's not monolithic. There's different parts of your brain with different functions. Mm-hmm. And why that's important to us as business people. 
is there's a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. This is where all the complex decisions are made. They can take technology called fMRI. They can read the human brain yep. at thousands of times per moment. And what they realize is your brand decisions, do I want to buy from this company? Do I want to recommend this company? All of that happens in the prefrontal cortex. So let's say you're a listener, you're a business person. When you're making all of your business decisions, you're at home, you're in the office, you're in the conference room, you're on Zoom, you're using your prefrontal cortex. So this should be pretty easy. Let's use our prefrontal cortex to talk to the prefrontal cortex of the audience and all of a sudden we can tell them what products they have and they'll buy. The issue is this. The human brain is a cognitive spam filter. Just like your email has a spam filter, so does your brain. The human brain is exposed to 11 million bits of information every second, but we only process about 50. So if your listeners pause for a second, there's all different things going around us. The sound of heating and air conditioning, your squeaking chair, the cars going by. You don't process that information. Your brain filters it out. So what do brands need to do? How do we get past the spam filter and actually get brands to like us? Well, historically, what they did is they leaned on emotions. Hey, here's my new Swifter and everybody's dancing right. and singing, right? Yeah. Here's the cute puppy. Here's the little baby. All of that stuff works to a certain extent, but we're asking it to do way too much. The solution is let's do something meaningful. Let's create content that brings value to people's lives. Then they're going to go out of their way to participate in it and share it with others. This is a remarkable change. This is one of the changes for real good you know for so long campaigns are campaigns you sit around and some guys they come up with a campaign and then it's out there and you're like ah, we're going to teach the world to sing and you know coca-cola doesn't necessarily believe in any of that but it worked now it doesn't work and the idea of actually making your brand your restaurant whatever it is true to something uh, and something that is good that changes the world without being a missionary yeah. is tremendous, yep. tremendous for capitalism. Yeah. Here's a great example. This is not something I worked on. Do we have a couple minutes? Yeah, I have about a minute and a half. Okay, I can get it done. So Fender Guitars, we all love guitars, but this is a company that's under intense pressure because kids these days can make music on computers. So what does Fender do? Right? They don't try to save the world. They created a platform called Fender Play where you can get personalized lessons. If you're intermediate, advanced, beginner, you love jazz, you love blues, you love rock, it doesn't matter. You get personalized one-to-one -one lessons that follow you along in your journey and help you become a better guitar player. Mm. At no point are they like, hey, you got to buy a Fender. They don't care if you've got a Gibson. It doesn't matter. But they're giving you these lessons. They're empowering you help you become better at something that's important to you. Now, the Fender brand benefits because it's all over the channels. They're using Fender amps and Fender guitars. They're getting data, which is valuable data because now I want Fender to know stuff about me. What are my tastes? What's my level? So yeah, they can do traditional stuff that says, come buy this guitar. But the foundation is I'm going to empower you to be a better guitar it's a player. a much longer term game. That's the key to yeah. exponential curves. Right. You, you, I get it. You're, you're playing it for a while, and then all of a sudden it just 
skyrockets. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Um, Exponential is the name of the book. Transform your brand brand by empowering instead of interrupting. It is really a great book. You are going to learn so much in this book. Uh, I mean, all the way from science uh, to just really great American stories. Uh, but it is it is something that will truly empower you to make a difference and see the future. Jeff Rosenblum is the author. The name of the book, again, is Exponential. It came out today. Our sponsor this half hour is Rough Greens. Uh, So Maria wrote to me and she said, Glenn, we love Rough Greens. We have a dog that has really bad skin allergies and had already tried the recommended treatments, blah, blah, blah. Nothing really worked. She had a really bad smell as well. Three days into the trial for Rough Greens, we noticed a difference. It's been now two weeks, and the odor is gone. There's no more itching, and her red bumps are all but gone. Definitely worth the price. Um, Maria, thank you so much for trying. I I will tell you, I only wanted Rough Greens because my dog wouldn't eat. He's the pickiest eater. I swear he's like a Frenchman. Um, And just so picky, we would have to, at times, hand feed him. And I'm like, okay, you're a dog, for the love of Pete. We fed him rough greens, and it's changed. He eats, he licks his bowl clean, and we're also seeing over the years now of feeding him rough greens, a different, healthier dog. Rough greens, not a dog food. It is a supplement you put on your dog food, uh, and uh, they have a special deal going for you now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get your free bag, one free bag, just to make sure your dog loves it. If your dog does, then you order another bag and, and you're not out anything. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Tomorrow night on Glen TV. Despite what the far left says, we have made it through a once-in-a-lifetime, never-could-have-imagined-it disaster, the COVID-19 pandemic. But now what's coming next could be even worse. Prices surging more than they have in 30 years, and there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. An evil plan is on our horizon that will change everything about the way you live. And Glenn exposes it all. The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. Tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV. You're going to love this book, um, Exponential. Make sure you grab it. Also, you can find uh, my book, The Great Reset, available uh, everywhere you buy books. Uh, You can get it at glensnewbook.com. By the way, let's just see if this works. Uh, Do we have time for the Audi ad? Let's play a little bit of the Audi ad here. Uh, I have to narrate it. We recently introduced gender-sensitive language. (laughs) It shows Audi. Causing strong and sometimes rejecting reactions. Oh no! Yeah, people didn't like it. People didn't like it. Some of these things. Uh, So they're they're talking. We respect all opinions. Now, does this (laughs) our position toward diversity and inclusion are clear? So we respect all all uh, opinions unless you. But we're right. Right. Yeah. But we're right. Makes me not want to buy an Audi. 